0: What's up, everyone, and welcome to another Five Out episode. I got Josie and Jacob with me today. We're talking about NBA, talking about a little bit about some college basketball, what's going on. Um, but before we get into doing all of that, we always start off with some questions. I've got kind of a random question today. I'm going to go first, give you guys some time to think about it. It's a, it's a very classic question. Uh, if you watch The Office, they have a whole discussion about this. If you were on a desert island, what three items are you bringing with you? Now, I'm going to cheat a little bit on my first item because I got to bring my my PS4 and a TV. I think you can clump that together. I got I still got a game with the boys. Got to play some COD with the boys um, on this desert island. Then I'm going to take – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be smart here. I'm going to take a little fire starter because, you know, you got to stay warm on those cold nights. And then the last one, I'm going to take a something that you can uh, make fresh water
1: with. I don't even know what it's called. <laughs>
0: but something you can take first of all. Those are the three things I'm
1: taking. Uh, you guys, have to need four things because you need Wi-Fi too to play to game with the boys. So you have to get rid of one of the one of their two things.
0: All right. If we're doing that, then I'm going to get rid of the fire starter. <laughs> I'll figure out how to make fire myself.
1: Just you know, uh, PS4. <laughs>
0: you got to bring the PS4 in today's world. Uh, Jig, I'm going to go to you first. What are the three things you're taking to this
2: island? Oh, I'm definitely bringing a fire starter. There you go. Got to stay warm. And I'm going to bring a mattress. Cause I want to sleep comfortably. You never know what you can bring, like, you know, a box spring mattress, because I want to be able to use the springs out of it in case I need to get out of there. There you go. And then, you know, you know, just a bottle of alcohol, you know, in case I get a little bored or something, <laughs> you know, have a little fun with myself if I need to stay busy or talk to myself in third person.
0: There you go. And hey, a mattress is actually really smart because I always forget how uncomfortable sleeping on the ground is.
2: Exactly. Oh,
0: tough. That'd be really tough to sleep that long.
1: Josie, what about you? What are your three items? My wife, so I can have a companion. I have to say that. Or also, oh, I'll probably get murdered. Um, A mattress, a king-size mattress to be exact. The one I have in my bedroom right now because it's phenomenal. I spent like two Gs on it, so I need to keep it with me.
2: There you go. And
1: then uh, I think lastly, I probably have to take my Pokemon cards with me. So, because you might never know. I, I can I, can, I can flip those in a couple of years and can find my way out the island in a couple years. So I'm taking those with me as well. It's also, I, t- I spent six months with my collection. I'm not going to leave it here and forget about it. I, I need to take that with me.
0: I mean, take whatever you want to take, I guess. Everyone's got their own items, but I don't know. Hey, but honestly, if you found yourself, you couldn't trade those Pokemon cards, you could use them, I guess, as some, you know, some uh, fire, or not fire starter, but like some fuel to the fire a little bit. But those are our picks. We've done this before. Actually, I think the three of us did this earlier this year um, with this... You have fifteen dollars. You got to build a team this year or this time. We're doing it with team of the century. So I believe it's from two thousands till now. The best players from two thousands to now. Um, I'm gonna go down the list really fast just to see, and then we will we will take these teams and we'll post them on uh, Twitter, and then you guys tell us who's the best team. But the first the five dollar list: Steph Curry, Kobe, LeBron, Tim Duncan, Shaq. Four dollar. Stoudemire, uh, D-Wade, Kevin Durant, Dirk, and Dwight. $3, okay. uh, Nash, Harden, Kawhi, KG, and Mark Gasol. Then $2, Russ, Ray Allen, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Anthony Davis, Yao Ming, the $1, J-Kid, AI, Paul Pierce, Pau Gasol, and Al Horford. No one would have thought Al Horford would have balanced list, but we're going to go down. I will start, give these guys a little bit of time to to think. Um, my list, I know I, I was talking with some friends with this. I know it was kind of controversial, my list. They all thought my team was terrible, but this is a list of the heart. This may not be the best team of the century. This is a list from my heart. Obviously, at $5, I got to start with Kobe. He's my favorite player of all time, so I got to start with Kobe. Surprise, surprise at number four, and this is a, This is a shout out to my friends from Dallas, Dirk Nowinski I always wanted to see them play together. It, whether it was in Dallas or L.A., so let's let's make it happen. Have them play together. Then to run the point, no better man, but Steve Nash to run my point. Him and Dirk have that chemistry. I, you know, Him and Kobe played for a little bit together, but unhealthy Nash. Love to see that. Ray Allen at the two need an unselfish guy who can knock down the three uh, whenever Kobe's quadruple teamed, so got to put Ray out there. And then at the five, Kobe's right-hand man in the 2010 era pal gasol to start off again not the, probably not the best team but i think overall chemistry i think that's a really good team i don't know about you guys but jacob i'm gonna go to you second for this one
2: it's not a bad team i like the hard idea behind it but my team is pretty much going to be based off of three and d guys and we're pretty <laughs> much going to go straight down the list right here starting <laughs> off on the dollar list we're going with lebron you know top two or three player of all time four dollar list we're going to katie right there, there you, you know go. probably one of the greatest scores, Pretty good uh, perimeter defender, good shot blocker. $3 list, Kawhi, probably one of the greatest two-way players in the league right now, offense, defense, you know, the deal with him. $2 list, Giannis, he's essentially Shaq. He doesn't need to handle the ball on that team. Mm -hmm. He can go play the five, just dominate, low post, block shots, you know, dunk every time he touches the ball. And then on the $1 list, can't go with Paul Pierce. I I dislike that (laughs) dude. So I'm just going to go, you know, Mr. A.I., Mr. Uh, Crossley right there, you know. Got to mix it up a little bit with the handles and creativity. But that's kind of my list based off the 3 and D and, uh, you know, those big scoring names right there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think your team would be very scary in a seven-game series for sure. Now, there's a little backstory behind AI. Me and Jacob have known each other for a while. We played 2K every, ever so often, especially back in the day. Um, one time we played with classic teams, and he absolutely destroyed my ass. with I think it was like 80-something to like 60 and AI had like eighty. He had all but two points the entire 82.
2: game. He had eighty-two. I remember. Oh my. Andrew I, pretty much shut up the game and went home after that.
0: Yeah, I was. I was not. I was not happy, and now it wasn't because of Jacob kicking my ass. I was unhappy with myself. I could not stop him. Uh, but Josie, what's your list, sir? Who are your uh, five guys you're going with?
1: I'm just picking, <laughs> just based on my heart and when I think it's best for me, in my opinion, it might be the, the shittiest team on all three of you, I don't care. Um, Shaq at five, because you just, you just throw him in the, in the paint, you could just conquer anybody. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, but going against Jacob's team, might get demolished because he's not fast at all. But you throw him in the paint, he might have a chance. Um, four, I, I have to go with Dirk, if not Dallas would disrespect me forever. But later we got to talk about why Luca isn't on this list, because he should be on this list, probably be in four or three, in my opinion. Um, but he should be on this list already. The future of the NBA, saying it out now. Uh, At three, I think I have to go with Kawhi. At two, I have to go with Russ to be that that guy who can basically do everything. And to run my point, I'm going to go with uh, Jason Kidd because I I, I like Kidd and he sort of has that chemistry with Dirk and they won the uh, championship in 2011. So I think that will be a good sort of team to have, but I think I, in a the, in the seven-game series, I, I've been lucky to win one against Jacob's team. But, hey, I'll take one game out of none to, to not get swept at all.
2: I'm just trying to throw all the talent I can on the one team. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, definitely makes sense. And I
0: definitely disrespected Chris Paul because I think I said Amari Stoudemire yeah. at the $4. I was just looking at the list again, and I was like, <laughs> from from where I'm looking at my phone, it looks like Amari Stoudemire. Um, but what, I zoomed Mar- Stoudemire
1: in. Stoudemire be $4. I mean, he was really maybe good two, for a little bit. maybe two, not but not four. But
0: and it, and it really took a lot out of me because I love my, my bigs. Really took a lot not to go Tim Duncan and Shaq on a team and maybe build with some lower talent. But uh, I mean, those t- Tim. It, it's not to say we disrespect you, Tim, but it's hard not to have you on this list, sir, because you're an all time great in my opinion. But that's our list. Go to Twitter. Pick who you think. Uh, Won the list, we'll, we'll have that tweet out on Thursday after this episode airs, uh, so go ahead and check that out. But this question kind of leads us into our topic of super teams. Obviously, we just saw a super team basically assemble before our eyes with the Brooklyn Nets basically in, what, six-month period with uh, well, I guess more than six months because Katie signed last year, but Kay- Katie, Kyrie, Irving, and uh, James Harden all now on the Nets. Um, so what are your thoughts on, on the whole – Super team. Is it good for the NBA? Is it bad, Josie? What are your thoughts?
1: Well, it's. I think it's it's kind of a toss up, because it's these super teams are, are being built with like a cap being sort of implemented in the league. It's different. Like you look at it from like the MLB perspective, the soccer perspective. Like those leagues don't have a cap, so you can basically build the league like the Yankees and spend a billion dollars a year and you'll be good with it. I think it shows. Good management from like a cash perspective because you're able to sign these these superstars are able to mesh well and still stay under like a cap. We'll pay some luxury tax here and there, but it's sort of deteriorate from the competitive advantage, the, the competitiveness that we want in the NBA. Like we want to be able to go in and watch a, have somebody else win the NBA championship year year over year, and not have like the Warriors win two or three in a row, or like have the Warriors and LeBron play each other like six years, six times in a row. So. Mm-hmm. It has its pros, it has advantages. I think overall, it's nice to see, like, these players, superstars, play together because you're able to see that for the first time, like, you in a while. Um, it's, and it's kind of cool now seeing these pro athletes have a voice because for the longest time, they didn't they didn't have a voice. Like, hey, you signed a six-year contract, like Scottie Pippen did back in with the Bulls. He signed, like, an eight-year contract to get paid, and he couldn't leave because he wanted to get the money. And, and nowadays, James Harden said, I want to leave. You can leave, or you'd be like... Uh, uh, the Deshaun Watson say, hey, I want to leave. And you can, and you have that power. So it's pretty nice seeing that. Um, but I think it's good. But then again, it has the disadvantages. But I think overall, I think it's nice seeing those super teams built because you have these conversations. Okay, who's the best super team of all time? Yeah. Is, it the, is it the Bulls from the 90s? Is it the Warriors from the early 20, 2010s? Or is it back to the Celtics or even now the next future super team of the Nets? So it's pretty cool having those conversations. Jacob, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I definitely agree uh, with some of your pros and cons. Um, hit a lot of points that I agree with. But I'm going to take it from a little bit of a different perspective. I think it's great from the perspective as a fan. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because when you see a super team built, if you just think about to the early 2010s when LeBron and D-Wade and Chris Bosh joined the Heat, so many people love to watch that team. So many people turn on their TVs just for that game. And that's usually about half the people. And then the other half hate that team. Yeah. But the thing with that is, is like their first year when they went to the championship, they lost to the Dallas Mavericks. And the other 50% who hated the Heat loved it and were cheering on other teams. So you kind of have that split of the fan base loving or hating the super team. But as a fan, it's so enjoyable to watch. Like even when like the Warriors and Cavs are going back and forth in the mid-2010s, like mm-hmm. Warriors won one and then you had one of the greatest comebacks ever and you had pretty much everyone in America invested in that series once game seven came around. Mm-hmm. So from a fan's perspective, I think it's, you know, one of the coolest things you can see. But I agree with some of Josie's points about, you know, some of the logistics of money and uh, players having to say, but from a fan's perspective, which is how I'm taking it, I think it's really cool in the NBA to see.
0: Yeah, I think, I think it definitely makes for some some good competitions with top teams But then I think there's a huge gap between those like top teams and the bottom teams. I mean, you look at it, the Sacramento Kings talent compared to what the Nets have. I mean, it definitely has some disparity. Now, obviously back in the day, and even before super teams are being built, um, you had those, you know, separation gaps between talent. So it's not like we haven't seen it before. I just feel like it might be a little bit more, but I do think, In today's NBA, and I might take a lot of heat for saying this, but in today's NBA, I think there's more talent overall than there was in the 90s, 80s, 70s, and and so forth. Now, there might not be the best players, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, uh, like the GOATs, but um, when it comes to overall talent of what's in the NBA, I think today's NBA is better, and I think that's why we're allowed to have these super teams because, yes, it's great to have, you know, we'll look at the heat for – with, with LeBron, D-Wade, and Chris Bosh, but three guys can't win you an NBA game. You need Birdman, Mario Chalmers, Norris Cole. Like, you need those guys to help you win those games. And so without talented role players, super teams can't exist. Um, and I don't think – I think Brooklyn's going to be just fine. I do think they should trade Kyrie because he's just a headache, get some good role players, and I think they'll be better off because obviously Harden and Durant, from game one I mean he had triple double game one work so crazy you know it, it, I think it, I think it works I, I agree with all y'all's points honestly uh, I think honestly it's more cool to see the, the GMs and the owners and stuff deal with the money purposes and figure out that whole thing but also the cap space in the NBA is huge now I mean it, it's crazy big even though there is a cap it's still teams I don't think really ever hit it um, but let's talk a little bit about these relationships. So we're talking about the 90s. Obviously, we saw the Jordan doc. We all know Michael Jordan does not like Isaiah Thomas, and Isaiah Thomas was not on that dream team because of Jordan. And they would have never teamed up ever. But nowadays we see guys who I wouldn't say hate each other but dislike each other probably end up teaming up. Your guys' thoughts on these relationships in the NBA? And I I think it's good for the NBA, but what do you guys think, Jacob?
2: Um, I think it's uh, mostly good for the Uh, NBA because, uh, like you said earlier, you see these NBA players – you know, back in the day, they didn't have much of a say where they wanted to play, with their contract status, if they wanted to be traded. Um, and the NBA, NBA, MBPA or whatever, Players Association has done a really good job of giving players more, more of a voice, especially with all the current event stuff going on, even back in the bubble, letting them speak out about social issues. I think that's great for the NBA. Um, I just think um, it's kind of annoying uh, as a fan to watch these people, you know, oh, I don't want to be here. So trade me, you know, from a fan, it's kind of annoying, especially if you're like a Houston Rock, you're like, oh, I love James Harden, now I hate the guy. But um, from a, you don't, you're don't you not in their shoes. So from a player's perspective, it's definitely good uh, to have a voice and uh, just kind of, you know, be able to create your own journey in the NBA. Not exactly 100% what you want to do, but, you know, have a majority of the say every time.
0: Yeah, and and I, I loved seeing C.J. McCollum, you know, comment on a picture of James Harden or tweet out a picture of James Harden and saying like, like bro he's happy and so I I love seeing the interaction between the players and whatnot so allowing them to have a voice and whatnot makes it really nice now let's hop over we we talked a little bit about Josie mentioned some of the super teams of the past whether they were they're not they were not built the same way they were today where agents were able to just hop around they were usually built through the draft um we released a poll and they were actually recording this on a Tuesday but we released a poll on Tuesday talking about what are the best groups of talent when it comes to super teams? Because there have been some teams who've come together, been a super team, but they might not have worked out as we all thought, Uh, but they were really talented. So, Josie, I'm going to go to you. Nets, the
1: the, the old school Nets with uh, KD, (coughs) KG with with Ray Allen and all that. Those guys were super old, though. Like they were not they
0: were not a super team by any means. Now the names were super, but the talent that and that's an exact. I guess that's an example. But what are some of the best groups of talent you guys can think of, Josie? Give me give me a couple teams off the top of your head you can think of.
1: The Warriors, like the the Warriors, transcended the NBA. Like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, even before they got KD, like they transcended the NBA to become. Like not even like five six years ago, you had Dwight Howard in, in, a, in, in the NBA championship, and he was like a seven foot center having to go in in the paint. And then and then now when the Warriors are playing, you have seven footers hitting three point hitting three pointers like you would never thought you'd see in the NBA. But like if you're not if you're a center or you're over seven feet, you can't you cannot hit a three pointer. You will not play in this league. So the Warriors, in my opinion, I think have to be in a, at least a top three super team. Mm-hmm because they transcended the game to what it is now and to what we love and, and what we like watching every single day. Again, the Bulls, you, you have to give respect to, to MJ, what he did, and Pippen and, and, and Rodman and be able to do what they did and, and basically dominate those three years that they were winning those championships. And then uh, you, you have to pay homage to, to LeBron because LeBron sort of kick-started the, uh, the, 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 the super team of like the 20th century. Like he went, like he went and had a decision. And before LeBron, nobody had these like decisions. Okay, like hey, uh, I like or you could sort of like go back to Albert Pujols when when he left the Cardinals to to the Angels. He didn't have a big decision. Like hey, I'm gonna leave and that's it. But like when LeBron did that, Cleveland hated him for that because he made it into like a reality TV show. Like back in the days, people would say hey, thanks for whatever you did. I'm gonna go sign with another team. So, the Miami Heat and what they did, and be able to tr- basically give us the super teams that we have now. We have to pay homage to LeBron and, and Chris Bosch and to Wade wait, wait for doing that for us.
0: Now, before I, before I go to Jacob, I'm going to steal this from Colin Coward. I believe he said this. Um, Bird and Magic revived, re- rejuvenated the game of NBA because it was kind of losing its lust after Wilton such and Bill had left. They, they rejuvenated the game Michael made it global and and then LeBron made it mobile meaning it's okay to move on and stuff like that now the decision was an awful decision that was probably the worst thing he could have done but he made it okay for NBA other NBA stars he took that heat for other NBA stars to do what he did Jacob are there, what are some other super teams that you would think are some of the best teams assembled
2: Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with saying the Warriors, like just Mm -hmm. four all NBA players, defensive stud, two top, you know, probably 15 or 20 players of all time, another top two or three shooter of all time in Clay Thompson. Uh, Talent wise, that's probably, they're all pretty prime talent wise, all at the same time. That's probably the best, you know, super team ever formed, but um From a different perspective, you got to look at two 80s super teams, you know, maybe formed in a different way. Those 80s Lakers teams, Mm -hmm. I mean, they had Mitch Kupchak, they had Cooper, they had James Worthy, they had Kareem, um, you know, they won four or five titles, like, those are still super teams. I don't know why people, like, really discredit those, it's just because they didn't all join together, you know, some did it through the draft, or, you know, a couple small trades here or there, and then another one, right, in the 80s, their huge rival, the Celtics, Casey Jones, rest in peace, you know, played on those 60s teams. He is their head coach. Larry Bird, uh, Mikhail, Kevin Johnson, Danny Angel's a really good basketball player as well as GM. Like the, those two super teams are up there with the rest of them. And I think combined with those two teams, I think there's 10 Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's pretty comparable to today's era of the 21st century super team, even if they did it in a different way.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Now there's a team. There are two teams I'm going to talk about, and these are kind of two teams I guess close to not close to my heart, but two teams I enjoyed watching growing up. You had the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe, who were already there, and they signed Carmelo and Gary Payton when they were old as dirt, and they didn't do anything. They should have won the championship, but they they uh, were.
2: Pistons should have won.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, that's the other team is the Pistons team I was going to talk about. Chauncey Billups, um, Richard Hamilton. I don't know how to say his first name, but Prince, the small board, and then the but, Wallace.
2: But I will say, can you say that's a super team though? I mean, that's just a, re- I think a really well put together team. Cause when you think about all those guys are not, you know, top yeah. of the headlines type of guys. So would you consider that a super team or just a really fantastic team? I think it's just a really fantastic team, <laughs> but, but I just wanted to have that conversation because,
1: yeah.
0: you know, th- I don't know if there's, there's probably been obviously a handful of great better starting fives but hey, that's starting five. I might roll, roll in a game with a seven-game series and I might go to battle with them because they, you know, they were some tough guns. And obviously, like like you just said, they beat the Lakers and so no one thought they were going to – you know, no one thought they were going to lose that year. Um, but, yeah, I that, think –
1: that, that, that goes back to, like, the Pistons and what they stand for. <clears throat> mm-hmm. they, they're little teams that will, like, go – like, they will throw hands if they have to. And we've seen that happen with that. And then the bad boy Pistons is – it. I... I don't think they're super team, but
0: they're borderline.
2: They're pretty damn close. I mean, Rodman was a, a um, star, not superstar. Isaiah Thomas, was a superstar. No one ever thinks of this name as one of the, a really great NBA player. But Joe Dumars is incredible. You need to mm-hmm. go some watch go watch some of those highlights. He is an incredible player. Yeah, And he then really was. Mr. Bad Boy in the middle, Bill Lambeer, knock your teeth out if you're trying to shoot a layup. Yeah.
0: So I mean, I would say they're borderline, and yeah, I think border- it's just because they have that reputation of obviously being the bad boy, so people don't want to give them that. But I, I think they probably are in a super team category, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. So, so,
1: what? So okay, in your eyes, what categorizes a team to become a super team? Superstars? The, you, oh, so, Hall of Famers, superstars, or what is I'd
2: say, it? I'd say, like, three all-NBA players on one team. Because you might yeah. have an all-star, but he might not be an all-NBA player. Because, yeah. um, I,
0: mean, I mean, if you want to count all-stars, I mean, you could technically put, like, now they're, they're one player away, but this Wizards team three they have they have and well never mind. Beal's not an all star yet. He should be an all star. But him and him and Russ, if they just added one more piece, they could technically be a super team. And yeah. it, it's got to be like some like, you know, guys that we consider in the top three. Like the the Clippers aren't even a super team because it's just Kawhi and and PG's not in that conversation. same, but thing,
2: same thing with the Lakers. Like you want. I would say, like, three because, like, there's a lot of really good duos. If you have that third crazy really good name, I, I would say three just, like, headline names on the front yeah. of the paper would consider a super team. Yeah.
0: And and that's why the Nets are considered they're not because I think everyone thinks Kyrie, at least in today's era, is a top three point guard, maybe top five point guard, and then, you know, obviously Harden Harden's incredible, honestly. I I, gave, I probably have not given him as much credit as I as need, at least as an offensive guy. I don't really watch him on defense, obviously, but
2: – he what, plays
0: defense? He did. He did last year.
2: Hey, he can lose 50 pounds overnight,
0: so that's – hey, It's crazy. all that water weight, man. That was incredible. I should have jacked you that. Wait,
1: did you, yeah. did, you, uh, did you see that one tweet that you drew that the uh, Houston strip clubs are not going to be uh, – they're going to be struggling now because yes. the Harden's not going to be there anymore.
0: Yes, me, me, and Brandon talked about it last week. Yes, they. Out of all the people who got hurt about the Harden trade, they probably got hurt the most. But he He will come to Houston like at least once a year, and I'm sure, and I'm sure he will be throwing some stacks out, and he probably still is going to have a house in Houston. I mean, the dude his career blew up in Houston and uh, I could see him at least having like a summer home in Houston, or maybe, maybe, I guess you can call it a winter home, I, whatever you want to call it, but I don't think he's going to be far off, but let's go ahead and move into some discussion about today's NBA. Um, and this is kind of, we're going to stay with the super teams because we're going to talk about the Nets hypothetically. I don't remember who was talking about this, but hypothetically say the Nets and the Lakers make it to the finals. Both teams are in the finals. If LeBron is able to win this finals, does that kind of give him the nod to being the greatest of all time? Does that give him the push over Jordan? Because that'll be five rings, and then he's beaten two, two super teams.
2: Oh, 100%. Absolutely.
0: And, and the Bulls, I guess you could say, although it's great that Jordan went 6-0, and I don't think they played a team that LeBron has played when it comes to caliber of just overall talent on each team. So, does, Josie, what are your thoughts? Jacob's obviously on board. That puts him over. Josie, your thoughts?
1: I'm, I'm torn. Like I, I understand Jacob's point. I understand like that that view because LeBron did beat the Warriors with the greatest comeback and possibly the, the greatest block of all time in NBA history. Mm-hmm. And then and then having to go against another uh, superstar like a, a a super a super team against the Nets and like and LeBron's he's older and like he's he's not the LeBron backwood like when he played the Warriors so. I, I think my my gut saying yes you you have to give him that push over to, to MJ because everybody's already said okay MJ has 6 LeBron has 4 okay now he has 5 and MJ has 6 now you got to take a step back and look at the competition like that's like the only thing that you can compare apples to apples and if we do that comparison to apples to apples LeBron's has faced a lot more difficult competition yeah he's sort of been unlucky but look at the teams he's been he's had he took a, a a Joe average, like like an average Joe team to to NBA finals of multiple times. Like MJ's been to finals 6 times but he won all 6, but he's had really good role players around him to win that. LeBron never had the luxury. He had whatever that whatever Cleveland gave him and and, some, and sometimes it wasn't was enough. So overall yeah, my gut's saying yes, but I'm like but you just, you just can't disrespect MJ like that. Like MJ is just what he did, what he did for the basketball, like for for basketball as a whole like making it global. And then bringing on top of that, showing that you can have a, a successful business and a successful life outside of NBA, it's something else that you have to like give respect to MJ, what he did. Yeah.
0: No, for sure. Now, let me ask you guys this question real fast about super teams. Is the Cleveland Cavs a super team with Kevin Love and Kyrie and James?
2: Mm, that's tough. You know, right? I mean, it I depends like, on how you view K-Love. When, he, when Caleb first got traded, like at that point in his career, I would have said yes. But, you know, kind of as the years went on and kind of not that he was a bad player for Cleveland, he, you know, his uh, like usage and obviously his statistics, you know, kind of declined behind those two guys. You know, year one, I probably would have said yes. And by year four, I probably would have said no. So, you know, it's it's a fluid uh, term, super team. It can always change, but kind of both both ways there.
0: And, and Kyrie, I don't think, was at that stardom yet. I think he was I think he was a star, obviously, but I don't think he was a superstar. And then that finals, when he hit the game winner, I, or I think it was the game winner, whenever he hit yeah. that one shot, though, mm-hmm. that's kind of what put him into the superstardom. So I think that team is kind of, again, a borderline team. I just had that question pop up because Josie was talking about, mm-hmm. um, you know, LeBron's teammates and whatnot. But that's it with the super teams. We're going to talk about – the actual NBA season and what's going on. We're going to – I'm looking at week five powering rankings right now. We're kind of just going to look at the top ten, not really any teams below. Uh, Lakers at one, Bucks at two, Clippers at three, uh, Celtics at four, Suns at five, Jazz at six, Nets at seven, Pacers at eight, Sixers at um, nine, and that ten is Portland. Are there any surprises on this top ten list? I'm looking on NBA.com, by the way, for anyone – Power rankings might be different on – this is on NBA.com. So, if I'm – if it's different, that's why. There are there any surprises on this list? I'm going to go to you first, Jacob.
2: Um, I don't think so. Um, you know, you just got your classic teams, you know, top of the standings. Um, uh, I'm trying to pull it up real quick as well, just kind of so I can talk a little, little bit more about it. But, no, you can't really blame the, you know, voters or the media for saying some of these teams – that should be higher, like the Nets at seven. I mean, they just got James Harden. Obviously, they're going to bounce up to the top of the league Mm -hmm. at some point. But I really don't have too many problems with, you know, the top ten of this power rankings list. But I will say earlier, I need to apologize to the New York Knicks. (laughs) Hey, I I think we all do. (laughs) I mean, we all do here. But I guess Tom Thibodeau has, you know, got them playing very well. And, you know, they're playing hard. I don't know what their power ranking is. They're
0: twenty one. Yeah, they're twenty one, but still, everyone thought they were going to be bottom three, uh, and that they should be going for the for Cade Cunningham in the first overall pick. But I will. I, I got to give a nod to Jacob because he called it, and th- there was one team I was looking at, and that's the Utah Jazz at six, um, because Jacob Jacob told Josie he's like, hey, don't count out the Jazz because I think I think yeah. you had him at three, Josie, on on the divisions list, and he said I he had, hey, had a-
1: what, Nuggets one, Portland
0: one, two, and, and, jazz, and three. Two, jazz three. Yeah, Jazz three. Hey, just, those, those Jazz
2: are hooping. I'm kind of telling you, like, kind of how the Nuggets have been the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, always, you know, top, maybe not the last two, but even, like, four years ago, they're, like, top five or six still. And that's kind of what the new, like, Utah Jazz are right now. Yeah. You know, there's always a competitive team, high-altitude game. It's hard to win games there, just like Denver. So yeah. you cannot count them out. And they're very well coached. I will say that
0: for sure. Yeah. Now I'm surprised, Jacob. Are you or not, Jacob? Josie, are you surprised by the Pacers being in the top ten?
1: You, you, you so had to plug in the you had to plug in the pa- Pacers one way or the other. You always got to plug in whenever episode. I, I, I'll, I'll admit, uh, I, like like I said last time we were on here, like the the, the Sixers have a have a boomer bust year, and I think now they're sort of on the, on the busting inside because mm-hmm. they were what what I knew like they were. Something in like one five and one or six five and one. one, and then now they're nine and five and sort of well they, they they did have issues with the COVID and they had Dwight Howard sort of playing almost as a point for a little bit so, but like I said since since they want like the the Sixers have a solid team they just have to get it together and it, it all relies on injuries and I think eventually it's gonna the the Eastern Conference is probably gonna come down to the Bucks and the Nets and we hope so that's what we all expect. Mm-hmm. But it should, when we should we all expect the whole forefront a uh, Nets and and Lakers uh, championships so we'll see. Kind of
0: kinda surprised by really more so one team than than the other, but Mavericks are at eleven and the Nuggets are at well. More so the Nuggets, I'm surprised about. I don't know what their struggle is this year. Obviously, I haven't been able to see much Nuggets game because they're not really on a ton of TV here in the Dallas area. Um, because they they, they
1: they lost all those role players, like I said earlier in the year, like they they're relying more on, on Jokic, and he's been performing. But but having to put all that workload on like day in day out, like it, it gets it gets tiring. Look at LeBron, like LeBron had a, was playing it every day, day in and day out, and it, and it got to him towards the playoffs.
2: Yeah, Jamal Murray's kind of uh, kind of been hit or miss in, in games this year too. He's either been really hot or really cold in games, and I think once he kind of finds some you know some more consistency, that'll help you'll see them win a few more games than they have so far this year. Okay,
0: real question for you guys, because we're talking Jazz Nuggets. Who's better, Mitchell or Murray?
1: Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell. Interesting. I, mean,
0: yeah. I, I think in the bubble, they were they were even, but I think Mitchell's had a better career to this point. So, And I, I think, think Mitchell's just a little bit more consistent.
2: Yeah, I think he's also even – people might not realize this. He's actually a really good playmaker as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think. Well, I, I look at it from perspective. I think Mitchell may have a better opportunity to become a Hall of Famer over Murray. I think Murray's like you're just basically your yeah. sort of like that borderline like Hall of Famer All Star player. Like Donovan Mitchell has like that it factor to become like a Hall of Famer and be, be able to create those like like speechless moments and like in games and be able to like have those memorable like career like games and that sort of thing. Gotcha.
0: Now. Did you guys see the highlights of Zion against the Kings the other night? Jeez. D- a. if he stays healthy this whole year, I'm telling you, he's going to have MVP numbers, but he's not going to be in the discussion because the Pelicans suck.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he looks good. Carl Malone literally said you should play every game. You're 21 years old, dude. I don't know if y'all saw that. Yep. Today, but, yeah, just hope he stays healthy. I mean, and then, you know, he's one of the faces of the NBA in the future as well. Yeah.
0: Now we're going to – we're gonna end our NBA talk talking about the Dallas Mavericks. You know, I just mentioned them. They're at, they're eleven right now, but they got back their second best player, KP. He's been looking pretty good these these last couple of games. I haven't been. I think I have. I haven't just in one fantasy league, so he's been doing good for me fantasy wise at least. Um, but with the addition of KP and Lucas, kind of looks like he's getting his groove a little bit more a little bit more consistent doing, doing those things. And I think the addition of KP has helped and some of those role players are starting to step up a little bit more. How high is this Maverick ceiling, Jacob?
2: Um, I still think it's, um, you know, probably three or four seed in the West is their ceiling for sure. Um, they just haven't had any consistencies of players being in and out of the lineup with KP missing the first handful <laughs> of weeks. And then right as he starts to get back, five big time minute players, you know, Josh Richardson, Tim Hardaway, Uh, Maxi Kleber, Dwight Powell, Jan Brunson all went out for like two or three games. So like Mm -hmm. you haven't seen the whole Mavericks team yet and they're one game under 500. So as a Mavericks fan and to the whole fan base who doesn't know a lot, they shouldn't be too worried. Once they finally get those players back from all the COVID contact tracing and all that stuff, you'll find a little bit more consistency and kind of how they fit those pieces in with the trade. And Kristoff being back obviously opens the floor a lot for Luka him hitting shots and be able to create. Um, Luca struggled at the beginning. His numbers obviously look fantastic, you know, passing Mm -hmm. ball great. His shooting numbers have gone up a lot since starting two for 21 from three. So, I mean, definitely three or four seed in the West is definitely their ceiling if they can click on both sides of the floor. And I'll throw out one fun stat for you that I doubt either of y'all will know. You know, Luca has the sixth best defensive rating in the NBA this year.
0: I did. I did see that everyone talk about hate for Luca. He does have a very good defensive rating, but a hey, I I think it's a little bit more of the scheme than him actually oh,
2: as a player. Okay. <laughs> With Carlos, guarding, he's guarding the worst guard out there. Don't worry, I know that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but still, you know, numbers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Josie, how 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 excited are you for the rest of the season, knowing that Luca and K. P. are back on the court together?
1: If they're healthy, it's – I think like Jacob's saying, it's still going to be a three seed, but they can they can easily miss the playoffs with the the West and how powerful and how talented they are if they don't stay healthy and Luca's having, having to carry the load like he had to early in, in the season. So it's exciting um, because you don't want like a superstar like Luca having to do all the workload himself. Like LeBron has AD – kds and has the role players around him and like we all said earlier like luca's going to be the face of the nba and 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 you have to have like at least somebody around him to at least keep him competitive and keep the games interesting because you don't want to see luca going out there having to put 40 points in the mass still lose by 30 like what's the fun in that so it's hopeful but being a Mavs fan like you don't you, you don't actually get really excited until like things start progressing and things start actually coming to fruition. Um, so you, you, you just take it with a grain of salt, like you, you hope for the best, you want the maps to do good and, and having Lucas, it's great. Um, but we'll see.
2: Yeah. I will, I will say this though, because the Nuggets are kind of in similar position with, uh, you know, players being out and the West being so tough, but, you know, CJ McCollum just went down with injuries going to be out for a couple months. I mean, San Antonio's first have been surprisingly really good, but i don't believe they'll, you know, be keeping it up for 72 games all year long. So those teams are probably going to drop over the next month a handful of games. You'll see, you know, the Mavericks nugget slide right back in. So, personally, I don't think Mavericks fans should worry about missing the playoffs too much.
0: Hey, but you never know a Dame Dalla. You never know a Dame Dollar. You never do. he, know.
2: He has no help, so. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's going to be night.
0: Hey, and don't count out the Warriors either. I know they struggled at the beginning of the year. Do not count on the Warriors, um, but I will say this about Luca. I saw like four. Someone posted four clips of Luca without KP, and he was basically guarded by three guys. And how you know how we were caught, taught at, at my high school was you, it's it's two it's two guys guarding one person in a sense because you're so far in, the, in up the line halfway in between your man and the ball that it's basically it's a half man guard on each side. Guys, obviously on the ball. But that's, it looks like three guys are guarding one, and that's what Luka was getting at the beginning of the year, obviously without KP and stuff. So as Jacob said, KP is going to open that floor for him. But that does it for our NBA talk. We're going to take a quick ad timeout here from our sponsor, Anchor.fm. When we come back, we're just going to talk a little bit about some college hoops, and then we'll wrap this up. We'll see you guys after the break. And we're back talking about college basketball now i got a quick trivia question for you guys. I think Jacob knows what it was. Um, maybe Josie doesn't. We'll see. Duke, Kentucky, and North Carolina are all unranked in this week's AP poll. The last time this happened was what year, Josie?
1: Can I, can I get like a decade at least?
0: Oh. I'll say it's not in the 2000 oh, era. It's not in the 2000s. 1994.
1: I'm throwing out the year I was born. I don't care. Not
0: 1994. You're, you're about oh, 30 years away. You're about 30 oh, years away.
1: The 40s?
0: No, the 60s. The so 60s? Bad, Holy shit. <laughs> I don't even know if oh, they yeah. had an AP poll back in the 40s. Oh, shit,
1: yeah. That's, I, man.
0: It, it was December 18th, 1961, the last time that all th- the all three of those Blue Blood teams were not ranked. So my question to you guys is, what's wrong with these three Blue Bloods teams? Now, obviously, you guys might know exactly what's wrong, but what's your kind of hypothetical situation? on? And we've talked about this a lot of weeks in a row. But honestly, like, I'm kind of surprised. Kentucky, not as much, but Duke and North Carolina I'm more surprised about just because I feel like they retain a lot of their guys and they they build their programs. What's wrong with their programs? Jacob, I'm going to start with you, sir.
2: Um, I know we talked about it a couple weeks ago, and, you know, don't want to throw too much blame on the COVID thing, but I think part of it is definitely the COVID thing because mm. if you think about it, um, I don't know, maybe from a fan perspective or, um, you know, even a coaching perspective, usually, the, or at least for me, you see on social media, all these huge, like big names, like Zion in the past or like Julius Randall a handful of years ago, going to these big schools in your height form and you see these huge names. Like, I don't even remember like this year, like, a huge name that's gone to one of these schools. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that like these other guys can't perform. I just think even some of the hype behind it um, has kind of fallen off just due to this past crazy year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like all the little practice time. And the one thing I said a couple weeks ago about college basketball is the talent dispersion has gone up so much. All these guys are going to different schools, want to bring up a different school, want to be that guy to make that program the program again or something Um, has just dispersed so much. So I think the talent level has risen in these conferences. Um, I don't know, probably even some of the coaching. I know the three great three of the greatest college basketball coaches ever, but you know, don't put them on the hot seat necessarily, but you know, you got to give them a little bit of criticism for underperforming for being one of these big blood schools and so traditionally good at basketball lots of different reasons but those are a couple of what I think's going on
0: and I think I think honestly like Kentucky it makes a little bit more sense because they do have so much turnover but I'm really confused why Duke and North Carolina are kind of not you know keeping up and again obviously like you said not a lot of big name guys are going to these schools it just kind of seems like they're kind of stagnant I guess you could say so you know we'll see Josie any thoughts on these why these teams might not be performing as well?
1: Well I think it's it's it's, it's another I think it, it it's also due to maybe the development of like the G League and have these like high school players going to directly to G League instead of going to college and and seeing like what uh, Lamelo ball did going overseas and playing for a year and coming back. So back in the days like like Kentucky and like these and the Kansas' and and the UNCs and Dukes, they were getting like the top twenty five players every year, day, like in high school, because that was like your only avenue to get into the NBA. Now there's different avenues to get into the NBA. So, like you see, like the Baylor's and the Gonzagas, like they're they're doing well because these players have been there for like, three, four years, and they understand the program, they understand the atmosphere, and and, and what's needed to to win. So like, and Duke and like all these blue blood schools, they've had the luxury of bringing in these five star players and get one good year out of them and that's it and not having to build that chemistry and that camaraderie and, and that which you need to become a good team mm-hmm. and like not having that that senior who's been there all four years and knows what to take to basically take it to the next level so I think that's another reason to do with it um but we'll, we'll see if that continues to progress in the next couple years in the in college basketball
0: yeah I mean you talk about Baylor and these other schools and that, that was going to be a nice question is why is it succeeding for Kansas Baylor you know, et cetera, these other schools and it's not conceding the North They're not succeeding in North Carolina Duke because, you know, Jacob mentioned it. three of probably the best coaches, college coaches maybe ever, but at least in the era that we've watched college basketball, these guys have been doing it year in and year out and producing NBA talent, but also winning games and being, being considered one of the top teams in the nation when it comes to March Madness and, you know, winning it at the end. So it's a little surprising to kind of see him, I guess, as low, but we'll see how it turns out. The season's not done. It's still very young. We're in the middle of January still have what two months until we're really in March madness. So they still have a lot to figure out. Um, I'm not, I would not count out any of these three teams until they are in the last seconds. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that kind of plays out. But my next question is, and and this happened because Baylor just beat Kansas the other night um, by eight points. Now, all the reports and all the, the sports writers were talking about how it was the largest defeat by eight points or something. Like, it was not an eight-point defeat, if that makes sense. Like, the game was not – cl- it was not a close eight-point game. Um, apparently, Baylor killed Kansas the whole game, but Baylor made – or Kansas made it close at the end. There was uh, – what what's a really good guard name for Baylor? I do not know off the top of my head. I think uh-huh. he, he, he just scored 30 points. He he had done it earlier this year. The last player to do that was Kevin Durant for Texas against Kansas. So they have a really good score, I guess, for for Baylor. Again, I'm not an expert on all these people's names because they turn over so much and these guys aren't there for a long time. But is Baylor is Baylor the number two team right now? Is your favorite to win the national championship just because of what they've done all year long? They've pretty much been ranked number two.
1: Um
0: I want to say since like probably like week one, maybe week two of the season, Josie, I'm going to start with you on this one, sir.
1: They have to be Gonzaga is going to be one. It, it would have been interesting to see them play early in the, in the year mm-hmm. because they're supposed they to play with each other, but then COVID and everything yeah, Kobe, happened. Kobe, yeah. Yeah. So I and also think the they're, they're playing against a in a big 12 league, which is very, very, very uh, competitive. And like, you've seen Texas tech went to Texas and, and, and knocked off, knocked them off. So, I, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt because they're playing in the Big 12 and and they're winning against like really good teams, not like not like other teams like Gonzagas and wherever league they are. So that they have to be, and then I that sort of builds them to have a, a deeper run in March Madness because they they're, they're used to going against more difficult competition week in week out. So you have to give them that benefit, but then again, like you said, the the year it's still so early in the in, in college basketball what really matters is the teams are starting to get hot closer towards like the conference jam- conference finals conference tournaments and then the again the most important thing of all of it all March Madness
0: and Jacob Jacob sent me in on the chat it's Jared Butler is his name that's why that's why i have these guys on cuz they know this stuff cuz i don't know everyone's name but he he was I, one who did really good I look,
2: I don't worry i'm not, I'm not that smart
0: of your thoughts on if Baylor now so, some people were saying Gonzaga's 1A and Baylor's 1B. Do you think it's like that, or do you think there's a clear difference between Gonzaga and Baylor?
2: Um, I think you can say it's a 1A and 1B situation. Um, they're both very well coached, um, very sound teams. I think, um, I'd say Baylor's definitely the second favorite, but I think Jalen Suggs has that Gonzaga team. I mean, I think he'll be a really good NBA player at some point, but I think. This – I said it a couple weeks ago, too. I think this – I really want this to be the year for Gonzaga to win a natty. They've been, you know, to the Final Four. They've been in Elite Eight a lot. You know, lots of conference titles. But I really, really want a small school like Gonzaga, not in a Power Five conference to win a national championship in college basketball. I think it would be great um, to see that. But, you know, you can't count out Baylor. Mm -hmm. You know, so well coached. Lots of depth. And then you can't count out Kansas either with Miles Garrett – Miles My, Garrett. Marcus, yeah. Marcus Myles Garrett plays in the NFL. What am I doing? <laughs> um, yeah, Marcus Garrett, really good guard for Kansas. You know, they'll be just fine as well. Um, and then you never know. There's always those huge upsets in the March Madness. But yeah, 1A and 1B is definitely probably the best way to put it, Gonzaga and Baylor. Yeah.
0: And I feel bad. If you're a college basketball fan, and you love college basketball and we don't talk about it that much. I'm so sorry. When March starts to ramp up, like this might turn into a college basketball only talk. We might not talk any NBA. Um, it's just, it's hard to watch games right now. Like, we were talking about it before we start going. Like, they don't promote it as well, I guess. And it's just, like, they're not big-name guys playing. And it's 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 so random. And, they, you know, the games are all, like, on a Tuesday night at, like, 4 o'clock or something.
1: We will. It's, over, we will, it's oversaturated. Yeah. There's, there's too many games. There's too many players. There's too many leagues. Like, NBA is a little easier to focus on. It's only 32 teams. Yeah. So once I'll
0: once a you... once, once tournament start to hit, conference and once march madness hits we will be almost a almost and that almost a in march madness ncaa only podcast when i hit so if you're a college basketball fan stick around just for a little bit longer um and we'll we'll get you some college basketball love as the season goes on uh, and then there's one last thing i want to talk to you about jacob told me how to pronounce last name i already forgot <laughs> it's
2: mac mcclung
0: mac mcclung hit a game winner against texas right Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other night, and it's it's more so because this guy's been an internet sensation. I want to talk about him just a little bit. For
2: Wait,
0: is that the know. guy from
1: Tech? Yeah, yeah, the guy from tech. Wait, so, so he's he's the one that's wearing a uh, Nikes and Jordans and playing Under Armour. Yeah, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I
0: and then well, he was at Georgetown before this, and it honestly it's Wait, Georgia like, town? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Georgetown.
2: Yeah, Georgetown just roll over that dude. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But um, wait, wait! Did I say it wrong? You yeah, said Georgia. Georgia, Georgia,
2: Georgetown, Oh, Georgetown. oh uh, man! Up, I'm sorry, fans. You know, yeah. Maybe me or Josie has to host college basketball. <laughs> in the
0: world. Hey, sometimes I cannot speak English. It's not my strong suit, even though it's my only language.
1: Um, <laughs> you can't, you can't use that excuse, man. I can. What do you mean? I. I will always say
0: this. I have dyslexia. It does mess with me how I – how I pronunciate words. When I go to – when you go to the classes, they make you work on your pronunciation and everything. And I was not very good at it. My teachers just passed me so I can go to the next grade and they can deal – someone else can deal with it. So not my problem. But, hey, I just want to give him a shout-out because he's been like an internet sensation for like six years now. I mean, he was doing it in high school.
2: Best part about that whole game-winning situation was – Right after, because it was a national televised game, big win over Texas, too. Texas Tech needed that boost with Chris Beard and those guys there. But the best part about it was afterwards, um, I forgot who was interviewing him afterwards, and he just got on there and was just like, hey, like, my team wants to, you know, have me celebrate real quick. You know, like, I'm sorry, but, like, I got to go. I love that. I mean, after a huge game winner, you want to go celebrate with your boys and, you know, you know, be happy and cheerful together for a little bit, and then maybe go back for an interview
0: exactly yeah it's all about the team first then the interviews can come second
1: exactly but i'm uh, i'm surprised armor isn't throwing a fit about him wearing nikes and jordan's and that sort of stuff it's it's because it, it never really made sense to me like everybody has their preference what type of shoe you like to wear i don't like when i played soccer or like football or like i've even if, if my team was adidas I, I was a nike guy like i'm gonna use nikes like why does it matter when, when you get into college i'm surprised Under is not throwing a fit about it and it I think Nike would have and and Adidas probably would have thrown a fit, but who knows?
2: They're paying millions of dollars to those schools. That's why. Yeah.
0: So uh, I think they're upset, but probably not all the way. But that'll do it for this episode. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. If you guys want to listen to more, though, you guys, we release episodes every Thursday. We already have, this is episode eight, by the way. We've already released seven episodes. So go back and listen if you haven't already listened, if you're a new listener. If you're also new, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Hit the follow button, whatever the little app tells you guys. But you look us up at five out. That's five like the number. Then I V E out at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you guys find your podcast. Looks up there. Also look us up at Twitter at five. The same way I just said how to spell it. But there's an underscore between the five and the out. Looks up there. We post daily content uh, as well there. But thank you guys for listening, and we will see you guys next time.